Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. After a long couple of months, it's finally feeling like we're getting back to business as usual. But it's not the usual at all. At Missoula's Wingate, we are, as always, committed to giving you a relaxing stay at a great value. But we're also balancing the new guidelines, like maximum pool occupancies and increased disinfecting, to protect your health with a never-ending pledge to make you feel at home when you're not. If you find yourself on the road in the Missoula area, please consider staying with us at Missoula's Wingate. Nuanez now, your one-stop shop for all things sports across the great state of Montana each and every day from 4 to 6 p.m. right here on 1029 ESPN Missoula as well as on statewide television, SWX Montana. If you're looking at the radio studio on the television right now, I'm not there. That's because I'm here. I am in Idaho's capital city. I am at Idaho Central Arena, home of the Big Sky Conference women's and men's basketball tournaments in downtown Boise, Idaho. And right now, 32 seconds left in the final first round game of the men's tournament. The Montana Grizzlies clinging to a 65-62 lead over the number 11 seeded Idaho Vandals. So we're gonna keep it right here just for a minute as we watch this action play out. If you missed anything in the first hour of the show, you can always check it out on the podcast. The podcast is available on all your various podcasting platforms, including Spotify. That's my favorite to use. All you have to do is just search Nuanez now, N-U-A-N-E-Z, for those that are new to the show. And please rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. The podcast probably presented by the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel, as well as Blackfoot Communications. In the first hour, heard from Brooks Nuanez, SkylineSportsMT.com, previewing this men's basketball tournament, uh, handicapping sort of the odds for all of the top seeds and uh, talking about how Southern Utah or Eastern Washington or Weber State or Montana State or Idaho State or even Montana might win this thing. And uh, good stuff from Brooks, as always. Also heard from Trisha Binford, the recently anointed Big Sky Conference Coach of the Year. Her Montana State Bobcats into the semifinals. That will be played tonight, a 9 p.m. tip. 
against the Idaho Vandals. And uh, we also heard from Lindsey Woolley for our Garden City Spotlight. Lindsey Woolley is the uh, head coach for the Montana Western women's basketball team. They are in the NAIA National Tournament, and uh, they will play in Lewiston, Idaho, as a number two seed later on this week. Grizz, they just knocked down two free throws. Now they're up 67-62, 17.2 seconds remaining in this game. And uh, a missed shot by Idaho and Robbie Beasley, one of the best free throw shooters in the Big Sky Conference. He's a true freshman. He heads to the free throw line now for Montana with a chance to put this game on ice. If they can get it to seven points with 17 seconds left, the Grizz can emerge with a victory and move into the quarterfinals. The winner of this game between Montana and Idaho they play Weber State, the number three seed for the Wildcats. Once again, the semifinals of the women's tournament will take place tonight. The first game features the top seed in Idaho State. They will take out number four, number four seed in Northern Colorado in the first game. And then, again, the nightcap between Montana State and Idaho, a much-anticipated matchup between two of the best programs in the Big Sky Conference. Montana now up 68-62 with about eight seconds to go. Idaho gets to the rim. They get a foul drawn, but uh, this looks like the Vandals are running out of time. So it looks like the Grizz are going to move on into the quarterfinals of the Big Sky Conference Men's Basketball Tournament. We, uh, we're going to get to our ESPN roundtable here in just a quick minute, um, but we do have some state tournament stuff to get to as well. Uh, so we'll go through all of this, the various state tournament stuff as well. Um, from the Class AA and Class B ranks last week, the Class A tournament uh, played out with Haver winning the girls' side, Billing Central uh, winning the boys' side. Uh, the other tournaments, they get underway this weekend. And let's, let's take a look at the, uh, the brackets. On the boys' side, Sentinel boys are probably a big favorite on the uh, AA boys' side. And uh, they are yet to play. They play the night game tonight against Billings Senior. The other matchups that have played out so far, this is being held in Great Falls, by the way, Four Seasons Arena. Helena Capital took down Bozeman this morning in the first game, 67-52. Great Falls beat Kalispell Glacier, 66-38. Billings Skyview and Butte, they tip here in about 20 minutes. So we'll have a score for you, um, at least an in-game score for you before this show is over. And then Missoula Sentinel, led by the outstanding senior Alex Germer, they play tonight against Billings Senior. Tomorrow, loser out game at 1 p.m. Bozeman takes on Kalispell Glacier. In the Class AA Girls Tournament, here's what the field looks like. This is also at the Four Seasons Arena in Great Falls, Montana. If you just heard the horn there, by the way, University of Montana, they do move on. 69-64, the Grizz beat Idaho, so the Grizz are into the quarterfinals of the Big Sky Tournament. And uh, Idaho, their season is over. It's one win for the Vandals. Definitely a tough year. For Zach Claus and his uh, squad. We'll get some post-game feedback here. Probably have that in the show for you tomorrow. But again, Montana does defeat Idaho 69-62. And the Grizz are into the quarterfinals of the Big Sky Conference Tournament. Class AA girls bracket. That tournament got underway this afternoon. Helena Capital, one of the favorites. They took down Billings Skyview 51-34. Billings West in a slugfest. They grinded out against Kalispell Glacier. West moves into the semifinals with a 38, 37, excuse me, 28 victory over Kalispell Glacier. Bozeman and Missoula Sentinel, they play tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. Missoula Hellgate and Great Falls plays tomorrow morning at 11 a.m. So that's what the Class AA 
girls field looks like. The State B tournament got underway today as well. That's at the Metro Park in Billings. Uh, this morning on the boys' side, Manhattan got past Deer Lodge, 53-39. Shelby goes down to Thompson Falls, 70-34. to Thompson Falls comes out on top. The other games today, Florence Carlton versus Lodgegrass and Huntley Project versus Fairfield in the Class B Boys Tournament and the Class B Girls Tournament, which is also in Billings. Big Timber upsets Anaconda, 63-58 to move into the semis. Malta takes down Missoula Loyola, 61-45. The other two first-round games today include Eureka. Excuse me, these are, these are tomorrow, tomorrow morning at the Class B Girls Tournament. Eureka takes on Roundup at 9 a.m., and Columbus takes on Fairfield at 11 a.m. Uh, State C tournament that got kicked out today as well that's being hosted by lockwood high school on the boys side scoby takes down broadest 66 27 manhattan christian takes down belt 44 37 the two other boys games will be played tomorrow bridger versus twin bridges at 9 a.m and fort benton versus freud lake at 11 a.m and finally the classy girls tournament which is also being played at lockwood high school Seiko Whitewater Hinsdale takes down Jordan 66-27. Roy Winifred gets past Sealy Swan 39-31. The other two classy girls games tonight include Melstone versus Manhattan Christian and Fort Benton versus Plentywood. So there you go. It's our prep extra presented by Farmer State Bank. Go ahead and uh, go to FarmersEBank.com. Apply for one of those. They have 10 $1,000 scholarships. For Montana high school graduates, you only have a couple days. The deadline is March 15th, so go to FarmersEBank.com today. Appreciate Farmer State Bank for supporting us and local athletes at the prep level from around the great state of Montana. You're listening to Nuanez now on 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Maybe you're watching on SWX Montana Television. Once again, the Montana Grizz, they are into the quarterfinals 69-64. They beat Idaho today. So the Montana men, they do advance. They will take on Weber State in the uh, quarterfinals of the Big Sky Men's Tournament. Weber State game tomorrow, 8 p.m. All of us in the Montana media, we just keep getting the nightcaps with the games that we're covering the most intensely. First night, it was Lady Grizz going down to Sac State in the final game of the first round of the Women's Tournament. Last night, it was Montana State taking down Sac State to move into the uh, semifinals of the women's tournament. Today, the Grizz got the last game of the first round. This is an afternoon matinee here. And uh, then tomorrow, Montana will take on third-seeded Weber State at 8 p.m. So we will keep you up to date with all of the scores and all the action from around the Big Sky Conference tournament. It's time now for the ESPN Roundtable presented by Paradise Falls of Missoula. This week's ESPN Roundtable features Sam McCollum. He was an all-Big Sky wide receiver for the Montana State Bobcats in the early 1970s. Went on to have a very good NFL career. He played 10 years in the NFL. Played for the Minnesota Vikings. Played in a Super Bowl. And then he was part of the Seattle Seahawks when they were an expansion franchise. And he got the first touchdown in the history of the Seattle Seahawks. But Sam McCollum is probably best remembered for his career after his playing career. He went on to become an NFL trustee, and he had a lot of impact in a lot of different areas in helping current and former NFL players acclimate to life outside of football. He helped organize a lot of the benefit plans, a lot of the uh, retirement plans that NFL players get, and he had a big influence on the game at large. Without further ado, Sam McCollum, our ESPN Roundtable presented by Paradise Falls in Missoula. Paradise Falls is hosting our bracket challenge. We'll have more details for you after Selection Sunday hits, but it's going to be a big blowout. We have a bunch of great prizes, including a $400 cash prize from Paradise Falls. So be, be sure 
to keep an eye out and keep it right here on 1029 ESPN Missoula for more details from Nuanas now about our upcoming bracket challenge presented by Paradise Hello and welcome into the ESPN Roundtable. I am Coulter Nuanas. The ESPN Roundtable airs each Wednesday during the 5 o'clock hour on 1029 ESPN Missoula as well as on Thursdays during the noon hour on ESPN Missoula. This week's ESPN Roundtable features Sam McCollum. He is a former wide receiver at Montana State and someone that had a great influence in the overall landscape of the National Football League. McCollum was a first-team All-Big Sky selection as a junior at MSU in 1972. He finished his career at Montana State as the school's all-time leader in touchdown catches with 16. He was selected in the 1974 NFL Draft and the following year for the Minnesota Vikings, he played in the Super Bowl against the Pittsburgh Steelers. In 1976, McCollum helped Seattle usher in its second professional sports franchise when the Seahawks were created. McCollum caught a touchdown pass from Jim Zorn that proved to be the first in Seahawks history and one of 26 touchdowns he would catch during his 10-year NFL career that included 129 games played and 85 starts. McCollum caught 274 passes for 4,017 yards in his career that included six seasons in Seattle and four in Minnesota. And after his career, he became an NFL trustee working with the NFL Players Association. In an interview I conducted with him in February of 2018, when we inducted him into the Montana Football Hall of Fame, he said, Gail Sayers probably said it best when he left the game. He said, the hardest thing to fill is the void when the applause stops. Once the applause stops coming in, every time you do something good when you play, they applaud you. You give a nice speech, they applaud you. You give an autograph, they applaud you. When you are done, there's no more applause. What happens? Who fills that void? That's what Sarah McCollum has spent most of his adult life doing, helping former NFL players fill that void. He's been incredibly influential in the way that the NFL operates uh, in terms of their labor practices and in terms of their player rights. And McCollum has had a huge, huge influence in all of that. I caught up with McCollum last week because I'm writing a story for Mountains and Mines, the Montana State campus publication about McCollum and his life to this point, as well as his perspective on Montana State University. So here are a few excerpts from that interview. Sam McCollum on the ESPN Roundtable. The ESPN Roundtable is presented proudly by Paradise Falls in Missoula. Paradise Falls is the proud sponsor of our Bracket Challenge. We will have a full Bracket Challenge ready to go for you on Selection Sunday here at the end of the week once the Boise Tournament we are currently at is over and uh, the big dance is underway. We will have a full Bracket Challenge with a ton of great prizes, including a $400 cash prize from Paradise Falls. So be sure to stay tuned for our Bracket Challenge. Paradise Falls has 30 big screen TVs, 18 draft beers, a great place to watch all of the Big Sky Tournament and March Madness action. So head on down to Paradise Falls of Missoula. Sam McCollum, former Montana State Bobcat, former Seattle Seahawk and Minnesota Viking, Montana Football Hall of Famer, and an all-around inspiring guy, Sam McCollum, on this week's ESPN Round. Have you stayed connected to Montana State pretty well, or what's kind of your perspective on MSU? Sort of. I haven't been in the last few years, but I think watching the program, you know, I get the I get the alumni alumni notices. I hear from some folks because of the Hall of Fame, um, and just it's just really that. I mean, so I haven't been on campus in uh, ten years. At least 10 years since I've been on campus. It's been a long time chasing my own kids around and their kids. So I haven't been around the school much lately. So, but I know that the institution grows. I see the, the publications. And, of course, I follow the sports teams really well. <laughs> really well. So to know what they're doing and how they're doing and so forth. 
It's interesting. So when cool. you were at Montana State, uh, uh, roughly, I, I can confirm the number, but I mean, roughly, how big was the school? Uh, I think it was around 6,500, 7,000 someplace in there. Oh, so it's it's almost three times that size now, which in itself is is amazing. So It's almost 18,000 students right now. It is, really? yeah. It's almost 18,000 students. It's the largest enrollment in the history of the state of Montana right now. When you think back on Montana State, I mean, what, what are your memories of just the campus uh, campus life and, and uh, the educational part of your experience there in Bozeman? Well, the educational part was truly amazing. I mean, the teachers there, even though they knew we were athletes, they didn't want us to be athletes. They wanted us to be students first, and they pushed us. And there were some conflicts at times that we had because we had some, like I was in accounting for a while as a major, and I had a couple of accounting labs that started like at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Well, at the same time practice started. And the coach had reminded me that I was there on scholarship. <laughs> and you remember that, he said. But they, you know, the teachers themselves, for the most part, worked around that. But I got to tell you, the educational aspect of it's really what carried me through for a long time. I was able to use some of the principles learned there the rest of my life. So they, tr- they really pushed us educationally-wise, so for sure. Remind me, what did, what did you get your degree in? My degree is in sociology and a minor in accounting. Okay, interesting. So, so yeah, I always find uh, in accounting. I always find it interesting when uh, athletes are majors in sociology or psychology because it seems as if a um, a football team is almost a sociological experiment, right? Especially in Montana. So, did you ever think about that element of it? Just kind of the sociology of of, of the locker room. No, not really. I mean, the locker room was our hiatus. It was a place that we could go to escape all the crap that was going on around us. You know, being in Montana in the early 1970s, so I went to college in 1970, I mean, there was a lot of racial problems we faced on campus. I mean, there was quite a bit. I know. And once you left campus, it was even worse. People went to places. You know, my good friend was Zuna McClain. went to 20 with him once. Or my good friend, you know, Zane, I went up to his place up in Cutbank and you know, it was just that when I left school to go places, it was never as friendly as being on campus. So campus was my hiatus. So going to the football team, all I thought about it was, it was kind of like a family. That's really what it was. And then we got into the uh, my sociology club, and I got into my fraternity, Phi Sigma Kappa. And it gave me places to go where I could be myself and be comfortable and not have to worry about all the crap that was going on outside of our little, our little world. And so... You know, did I ever think about the football team as a social? No, I thought about it as really as a place to be home, to be safe. Football experience set the stage for your early adult life uh, with your professional career. But then afterwards, then when you went into becoming, you know, working with the NFLPA and, and all those things that you did, how much do you think you relied on your, your what you learned in Bozeman and your education at Montana State uh, when you were sort of um, going into a second career like you did after you retired from playing? Well, I, I learned a great deal because after my, in my sophomore year, I blew up my wrist. We're, we're playing down in Idaho State in the Okibi Dome. I think it was a Kibbe Dome. And I ran off the field. A guy tackled me. I hit my hand and I broke the bone in my wrist. And so here I was the very first time I've ever been injured. You know, it's there. And all of a sudden I had to learn to deal with all of that stuff and learn to deal with all the crap that went with it and the, the threat of losing my scholarship and all the stuff that went with all that stuff. And here I was out there by myself because my parents had moved to Minnesota. So I was out there by myself, so literally I learned a lot about myself and a lot about life and dealing with adversity that I had to learn from being around Chuck at the, you know, Chuck at the uh, locker room mm-hmm. and being around Sonny Holland and being around Tom Perrick and all those guys. And, you know, Denny, Denny, Dennis Erickson had left and stuff, but all these guys that were there, I mean, I leaned on them a great deal because I had to because basically my parents were in Minnesota at the time and I was out there by myself. 
and just having no one to lean on but those guys there. So they taught me a lot about confidence, you know, confidence in yourself. And so when I got to the NFL, the NFLPA, I understood that I really could do this. And I had faith that I could do these things. So they never ever knocked me down for any reason. They built me up the whole time. So with the NFL, I had a lot of confidence that I could play with these guys. And after NFL, that I could, you know, communicate with these guys and, and deal with the issues that come up because I, I had to deal with from a personal standpoint when I was in, in very young in college. Sam McCollum joining us. He was a 10-year NFL veteran, a graduate of Montana State back in 1973, a member of the NFL Trustees Board as well as the NFL Players Association for years and years and years, and a member of the Montana Football Hall of Fame. It is the ESPN Roundtable presented by Paradise Falls of Missoula. It must have been cool for your group of guys, too, when, when Coach Erickson got inducted in the College Football Hall of Fame. That was, I mean, that was a pretty big deal. That was pretty sweet. Yeah, it was. I mean, Dennis was was one of the guys who recruited me to come to school there. So he was a great guy, and, and, and I've seen him through the years, and he recruited my kids when he was at, at Oregon State and stuff like this. And so it was it was great to see him all those years, and he's always a guy that I could always talk to all the time. So there was many times we ran into each other at different events, and we're just like old times. So him was, it was great having him, and it was great watching his success, for sure. You said you haven't back, been back to campus for a little while, so that's actually an intriguing way to then ask this question. Then, from from what you remember about the campus, what you remember about campus life, can you imagine a campus where there's... Well, you know, it, it is, and it's amazing to see, because I get the, the programs, I get the alumni information, I get all the stuff online, so I can see the buildings that are being built. I saw them, the finished when Roski Hall used to be it for the big buildings on campus. Now they got a whole bunch of them around. So it's, it's great to see that. And, you know, one of these days I'll get back there and I'll see it. I was hoping that one of these days we'll have the Montana Hall of Fame, Football Hall of Fame ceremony in Bozeman. You know, consider the Hall of Fame is there. We'll not have a ceremony there. Except it's always going to be in Billings. So hopefully one day we'll take it back. But it is amazing to see the growth of the campus because, you know, I remember the first time I went to the to the dome, you know, the, the stadium when we played basketball, and we used to practice, and it was so cold outside. And they used to have rodeo, and they'd tear the field up for the rodeo in there. And I remember walking out one day, and the field's just chopped up. They go, "We're going to practice on this today." Are you kidding me? And there was horse cows all over the place. We're out there, <laughs> we're out there picking it up so we could practice on it. And but it's better than being outside because it was so freaking cold outside. It was amazing how cold it was outside. But. Yeah, the campus has changed. And I have an internet, you can see the uh, everything that's online. That's pretty amazing to see it. Sam McCollum joining us. He was a 10-year NFL veteran, a graduate of Montana State back in 1973, a member of the NFL Trustees Board as well as the NFL Players Association for years and years and years, and a member of the Montana Football Hall of Fame. It is the ESPN Roundtable presented by Paradise Falls of Missoula. One thing that's so interesting, too, and I've experienced this as a guy who grew up in Montana and then moved away for a while and then, and then came back, too. There's a certain um, people treat you. Montanans are so so rare, right? Like when you're in, I lived in Seattle for a while, and people are like, you're from Montana? Like, what do people do in Montana? So the fact that you have these Montana roots, how did, what was that dynamic like when you were, you know, playing all around the country and then working all around the country. Did people, did you get a sort of a, an interesting reaction being the fact that you are from Montana? No, not really. Well, yeah, when you see black people and other black guys, where'd you go to college? At the Montana State, we're the only black person on school that was in <laughs> right. Montana. So, you know, you got that a lot. And then I explained them, yeah, there was quite a few in the beginning. In the latter years, there wasn't as many. But, you know, I said I went to high school in Montana, so I was kind of used to that whole environment. So it wasn't so new to me, but... So most people, when they hear Montana, they think about how beautiful it is. They all need to think about that rather than thinking, okay, 
what are you doing in Montana? And then they'd ask that question. My dad was in the military. That's how I got there. Otherwise, we wouldn't have gotten there because of the military. But it, it was, you know, it's always great to have people talk about Montana. So what was so great? I said, you got to see the sky. When they talk about big sky country, when that sky is open up there, it's like you're standing in the middle of a dream because it's so beautiful. And then the mountains. And I said, I learned to ski, water ski, snow ski. I learned how to fly fish. I learned how to ride a motorcycle. All these things I learned while I was at school. I said, so it gave me a great experience that I've given to my kids as well. They do all those things now because I've learned to do it and enjoy them. So they get a chance to do them as well. So it was, it was a great environment for us. It really was. Hey, you mentioned being able to keep up with Montana State uh, just through the internet and, and some of the alumni stuff. We also mentioned the sports program. So that's one thing that I'm always trying to emphasize to people, right, is is that the sports programs are such a great way for alumni to become and stay attached to the school. It's also a great marketing tool for new students. So, I mean, do you think that that's a, a, an emphasis that's worth making is just the fact that it does re-engage alumni like yourself and, and kind of keep them close uh, even if they are abroad? It does. And, you know, when you think about being a sociology major and accounting minor, you know, I took a lot of classes and a lot of teachers made impact along the way and stuff, but nothing made the impact as being involved in sports programs. And so when it comes time to connect to Montana State for me, it's not that I remember my, my calculus class or my statistics class or my sociology or criminology classes. I remember the times that we had on the football field or working out under the dome or we're playing basketball with the guys or going skiing with the guys. So sports is a way to stay connected. And particularly for a lot of us that have moved on to different areas and we've got kids and grandkids and businesses and all these other things. It's always great to kind of look back on the part that kind of you remember the most so fondly. And that's our connection and our camaraderie in the sports world. Sam McCollum joining us. He was a 10 year NFL veteran, a graduate of Montana state back in 1973 a member of the NFL Trustees Board as well as the NFL Players Association for years and years and years, and a member of the Montana Football Hall of Fame. It is the ESPN Roundtable presented by Paradise Falls of Missoula. Last question for you. I got to ask you just about uh, the lasting um, influence that Sonny Holland might have had on you, because I know you played for some great coaches in the NFL, especially Bud Grant. I mean, he's that's about as good as it gets, but I mean, did, did you th- did, have you felt Coach Holland's influence uh, in your life as as time has wore on? Well, yeah, and and the, the, the quick story about Sonny, which was amazing, because as it was, see, Sonny Lubick was there at the time, and he was leaving as well, and so, and you had Joe Tiller was also going through there, so we had a lot of great coaches, you know, after Dennis left, these guys always was there, so what happened was after Dennis left, I mean Ron Bain was another guy. I knew Ron Bain out of Montana, Kalispell, receiver of Kalispell. And I would, at my sophomore year, during my junior year, and I had a pretty good sophomore year until I got hurt. And Sonny said to me one day, he says, you know, there's no one here who can teach you to be a better receiver. You know, you're already at the level that none of us can teach you. We got, we got to get somebody to help you with what you're doing. And I said, that's great. Thank you very much. Well, there's a guy named Raymond Berry who was, Arkansas, was at Arkansas at the time. He used to come through on his recruiting trips that has stuck a friendship up with Tom Perrick some way. I don't know how it worked, but as it turned out, I was able to work with him on several occasions as he came through some of his recruiting trips that year, recruiting in Montana, Idaho and places, and he came through Montana State and worked with me. And Sonny was the guy that brought it to me. He said, you know, we can't help you anymore, but we're gonna get you the help. And so he really did. So it was pretty incredible to have that kind of influence. So every time, you know, Sonny's name came up, I have to thank him because Bob, you know, Raymond Berry taught me to be a, rece- a better receiver, even though I had the skills, I just didn't know how to do it. And he taught me how, and it was Sonny's instant, you know, his willingness to reach out to, to ask for help that did that because a lot of head coaches would never come to the fact and come to admit that they can't help a player get better. They always think they know how to, they can always figure it out. But he was willing to admit that, hey, we can't get you there, but I know somebody that can. And he reached out and it worked. So 
I owe it to him, for sure. Influencing leading men, a very important part of college athletics, and uh, th- I think the thing that is one of the most worthwhile parts as well, Sonny Holland, one of the greatest Bobcats of all time, had an influence on Sam McCollum and many, many more before and after him during his almost 10 years as the head coach at Montana State. There's a reason the guy has a statue out front of the stadium. He certainly deserves it. He is an influential and legendary figure, to be sure. Appreciate you for listening to the ESPN Roundtable. Sam McCollum, a graduate of Montana State back in 1973, a 10-year NFL veteran, a member of the NFL Trustees Board, as well as the NFL Players Association for quite some time, and a proud member of the Montana Football Hall of Fame. He joined us on the ESPN Roundtable presented by Paradise Falls. ESPN Roundtable, Paradise Falls. Paradise Falls is a great place to go watch all the action this week and this weekend. So head on down. They have breakfast, lunch, dinner, 18 draft beers. They have great happy hours both early and late almost every night of the week. So go down to Paradise Falls at 3621 Brook Street in Missoula. Paradise Falls, Missoula's coolest hot spot. Thanks so much, Suzanne McCollum, for joining us. Got to get out because he's got Grizz Greats on the other side. Plus some more reactions about Montana's men's basketball win over Idaho. You're listening to Nuanez now on 1029 ESPN. Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications. Connect to more. Back. You're listening to Nuanez now. I am Coulter Nuanez. We come to you each and every weekday from 4 to 6 p.m. on 1029 ESPN Missoula, as well as statewide on SWX Montana Television. I'm broadcasting live from Boise, Idaho. I'm in Idaho Central Arena and the first day of the men's basketball tournament here for the Big Sky Conference is in the books. This morning, Northern Colorado took down Sacramento State 90-83. The Bears advanced to take on top-seeded Southern Utah in the quarterfinals tomorrow. Northern Arizona, the 10th seed, they hit 12 three-pointers, and they post a 77-66 win over Portland State. They advance to the quarterfinals. They will take on Eastern Washington. And Montana, they hung on for a 69-64 victory over Idaho. Grizz did not make a field goal in the final 8 minutes and 12 seconds of the game, but they did make 10 free throws down the stretch to move into the quarterfinals. The 6th-seeded Grizz will play number 3, Weaver State. Thanks to all our great sponsors for sending us down here to Boise. It's always a great time, one of my favorite events of the year to cover, and uh, it's, it's really great that we were able to hit the road and make this thing happen. Those great sponsors include Nick Tabor of Westpac Wealth. Why build a work history at a job when you can build a future in your own business? Westpac Wealth Partners is looking for entrepreneurial-minded people who are ready to take their future into their own hands. At Westpac Wealth, Nick Tabor and his associates provide their clients with financial tools and tested solutions for navigating this complex financial climate. Westpac offers competitive compensation packages, elite training, and a work culture that has been recognized as a best workplace in Fortune magazine. If you're ready to start building a business in a long-term career, 
Contact Nick Tabor at 728-6708. That's 728-6708. Or you can apply for this awesome career at westpacwealth.com. We've got to get now to our latest excerpt from Grizz Greats. Grizz Greats, the silver anniversary of the 1995 National Champions, a 25-part podcast series that myself and Ryan Tutel put together to commemorate that 25th anniversary of when Montana first won its first Division I AA National Championship a quarter century ago. This Grizz Greats features Randy Riley, a defensive end from Butte. He was part of the infamous sack of Chad Pennington for a safety that proved to be the final margin of victory in Montana's 22-20 victory over Marshall. Here is Randy Riley for his greats. Thank you for listening to Grizz Greats, the silver anniversary of the 1995 National Champions. Grizz Greats is available on all of your podcasting platforms, whether you use Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Transistor. Please rate, review, subscribe, and share. To find all the Grizz Greats, you can just search Grizz Greats on your platforms, or you can visit grizzgreats.com or 1029ESPN.com and click on the podcast tab. Grizz Greats is proudly presented by Blackfoot Communications and First Security Bank of Missoula. We always tease Cold Anderson. I told him, you know, I didn't know about the history of Butte on the Bobcat side of things until I started covering the Big Sky, and then I realized, oh my God, all roads from Bobcat history lead to Butte. When you talk about the Big Sky Conference, you have Jim Sweeney, Sonny Holland, Sonny Lubick, and on down the line. I always tease Cold. I tell him, you're the one guy that could flip the Butte back to being Grizz. <laughs> but you guys had a huge hand in that as well. I know Butte won that state championship. It was in 1991. Is that right? It was. So were, you, were you on that team? Yeah, that was my senior year. Okay. So that was a, uh, you talk about the legacy and lineage that Butte had in, in football. So many state championships, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s. And then 90 and 91 was the last one they won all the way until this one they won in 2012 with Dallas Cook and those guys. But winning a state championship in Butte, it seems like it's even different than a lot of places in Montana. What do you remember about that season, and what was it like you know, bringing the state title trophy back home to, to Butte? You know, it was actually really similar to my time at, at U of M as a group of folks that expected to win it. Um, mm. uh, as a group, I, I remember eighth grade talking about whether or not, you know, when these teams come together and make one high school team, we're going to be really hard to beat. Um, we didn't lose a lot of games all the way through it, and and um, I think we would have been really disappointed not to be there, uh, to be honest with you. And I think that's one of the things that both teams, um, you know, not to be arrogant, but, you know, just kind of felt like if we put in the work that, you know, it was ours to lose in a lot of respects. I don't think the state thought that. I think we were ranked eighth or something coming into that season. But um, I, th- I think we had a, a pretty good idea of what we wanted to accomplish. You said there was no real question of where it was you were going to go, but why? Like, what was it that was going on for, for you or for the school or whatever it was where you said, yeah, Montana, that's that's it. I don't need to hear much else. Well, I, I had a couple siblings that were attending school here, had some opportunities to come and watch games, and, you know, two seconds inside Washington Grizzly Stadium, you know where you want to play. Um, on top of that, there had been a, a pretty long drought for Butte High at, at uh, Montana State. A few kids from Central that had, had good runs there, and, and, you know, congrats to them. But really, you had to go almost all the way back to 84 and some of their uh, stronger runs to really find a, a strong Butte lineage. So, um, you know, I followed in the footsteps of people I, I looked up to, and um, when I had the opportunity to come to U of M, I, I jumped at it. 
Washington Grizzly Stadium is is one of, if not the gem of the FCS, still nationally. Uh, it's as, as great uh, and cool and beautiful and location a venue as there is, you know, in 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 so very many respects. But in the late '80s, early '90s, the change from having been, you know, in a park in a field to actually having a proper football stadium, which by comparison standards was just unrivaled anywhere. What was it like? Like, what do you remember about walking into Washington Grizzly the first time and going, oh my goodness? Because, I mean, it it probably had even a greater effect, relatively speaking, at that moment than maybe it even does today. Yeah, you know, at at the time, you you have to remember the end zones weren't done yet. Right. Um, So it's sad, I think. Ten or eleven thousand is all, and even then, it was it was a, a giant change from what we expected. I remember coming through the tunnel the first day, and and the nerves were were absolutely you know intense, and and I was redshirting, I wasn't even playing that day, so um, you know that moment is, never goes away. Every time you come through that tunnel, it's the same. Um, whether there was eleven thousand or twenty five thousand, um, it's really incredible to look at that stadium, what it's done for this program. You mentioned Todd Erickson, and that was sort of at the very beginning of the 37 legacy, Craig Paulson, Tim Houck, and then Todd Erickson. Mm-hmm. Did, did you remember looking up to him growing up? Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, I have a sister that graduated with Todd, and, um, you know, that whole class uh, were folks that I looked up to. Um, you know, uh, Kyle Murch was a year ahead of them with Paula Prouse, and then, you know, we had Todd, Lance Allen, uh, Chad Lemke, uh, all on the team when I got here. And, uh, you know, they were leaders inside the team. They were leaders in the community, and, um you know, incredible football players too, but always looked up to Todd and, and he always did, a, you know, all those guys were great about taking us under their wing and helping us understand what it meant to be from Butte and a Grizzly. You know, when you were coming here, you wanted, you know, to come here, you had siblings here and everything like that. Was there, was there any conversation? Uh, certainly there was conversation. What was it like though, for, from the Montana standpoint, from coach Reed and maybe coach Sowers and so on to say, okay, this is, you know, this is somebody who we're interested in and want to have in our program. Well, I, I don't think they knew who I was, frankly. Uh, you know, I showed up uh, at football camp uh, before my senior year, and I was a, an offensive guard. I never played a down a defense, uh, maybe a couple downs in, in my junior year in high school. And, um, you know, I was 165 pounds, so there wasn't a lot of offensive line positions at a 165. <laughs> right. Um, right. You know, I skipped out on the lifting session during camp and went and played in their passing league and, and – uh, caught quite a few balls and uh so i think they were looking for me at receiver frankly and um you know we had the good fortune of playing against hellgate in in the state championship game and and coach denny his son played uh for for hellgate at the time and had a couple opportunities to pull and i i think um you know they brought, they figured out that i could run pretty well and weren't sure where i was going to play so i think it was iffy um you know for them i think they knew that um i was going to work hard and play hard and you know, they were going to find a spot for me or let me find a spot somewhere on the team. You mentioned Coach Denny. Was that the primary tie to the University of Montana football program? Was he like your primary recruiter? Um, you know, it was actually uh, mostly Coach Paulson. Okay. Um, and then uh, Coach Denny, he made the trip to my house. Uh, in fact, Coach Green from Montana Tech was at my house the night that oh, Coach man. Denny called me. So, um, you know, it was, a, it was a cool phone call to get. And, and um, you know, he was in my living room the next night and, and talking about uh, what, I, what I wanted to do. Uh, I was right at the end of recruiting, too. So um, it was a great surprise. 
give us the Bob Green recruiting pitch. I mean, that must have been fascinating <laughs> to get Bob Green and then Mick Denny. He's talking about <laughs> polar opposites, opposite sides of the spectrum. You know, uh, I, I just think the world of Coach Green and, and couldn't say enough kind things. Love um, Coach Green. Just a beautiful, beautiful person. And Twitter know, was actually invented for him. Did you know that? <laughs> like, they went to work. All, all, all the computer guys got said, they, we got to find a format for this man right here. Twitter was born. That's it. <laughs> that is so true. Uh, you know, uh, Coach Green, you know, the thing that sets him apart is he wants what's best. And, and he knew right away. He knew what the phone call was. He could hear what was happening. And, and he actually stood up and said, Randy, you know, look, it sounds like you have another conversation to have. Um, you know, if, if uh, things uh, don't go the way you want them to, give us a call. We'd love to have you. And, and I think it just showed the class and, and where he comes from. It's amazing. One of my best friends growing up, his dad was a Marine who was in Vietnam. And I remember Coach Green came to Big Sky to recruit us, and my buddy's dad was there in the room. And Coach Green gives this whole spiel, and my buddy's dad goes, you're going to Montana Tech. So that's the guy you got to play it, for. Yeah. So this guy reminds me of my drill sergeant in Vietnam. <laughs> <laughs> we we got to go play here. Well, you mentioned when you come to the University of Montana, when you're redshirt in that 92 year, what do you remember just about what the Grizz football program was? Because you had that nice breakthrough in 89 when they went to the semifinals, but hadn't been back to the playoffs since, but it seemed like there was a lot of momentum internally around the program. Do you remember feeling that when you were redshirting? Yeah, you know, it was a uh, it was a really challenging year uh, for the team. Um, I think we were one and five at at one point and had a win. I think the last five in a row with number two Idaho coming to town, and um, I think that game set the tone. Um, you know, we were we were not picked to win it, and I think we were up by like thirty five or something at halftime, something crazy like that. Yeah. It just showed me that uh, this is a program, this is a real deal. I think uh, you could sense some things that year that this had a, it was a team that had. Had a lot of potential uh, moving forward, but you know, to be honest with you, I was pretty self-centered at that time, trying to figure out where my position was going to be and figuring out what I needed to do to find a spot. Well, that's what I wanted to ask you about. So far, we got you on the offensive line. That ain't going to happen. We got you <laughs> skipping lifting so you could go run routes and ca- catch some passes. That ultimately is not what happened. You were on the entire other side of the ball. So how did that transpire in terms of finding a fit, and not just a fit, but a place where you were able to excel? So I went the, the to uh, the home of uh, athletes that don't really have a position, which is with the linebackers. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and you know, just working through a scout team, um, you know, eventually I found myself playing cornerback. Uh, so from offensive guard to guarding receivers, that was an interesting <laughs> jump. Um, you know, the receivers had to tell me what their routes were so I could give them a look. Um, pretty soon I got bounced back to free safety and strong safety for a little bit. And then outside backer, inside backer. And, and lo and behold, uh, you know, by uh, you know by spring, Coach Paulson engaged with me and asked me how I felt about uh, having my hand in the mud again. So yeah. I embraced that. Uh, by then I had put on about 25 pounds over those four months and, and I could see you know, a spot there. You put on 25 pounds in four months. Mm-hmm. How? I mean, I've done it, <laughs> but, it, but, it, process. but, it, but, it, but I, I was slower at the end. Uh, yeah, you know, I was a late bloomer out of high school. I, w- I was still only six feet tall when I graduated. Yeah. By the by, Christmas of the following year, I was, you know, a little over six one. So I'd grown another inch after high school. Um, and one of the things that, uh, you know, you get at U of M is you get experts. And, and you know, our, our uh, training staff, Phil, um, Phil and Bruce Walwork, you know, they, they pulled me aside and actually told me I was lifting too much. And that I needed to slow down a little bit. I was just burning, uh, burning myself up and not giving myself a chance to grow. So we increased my diet like crazy and changed the way I worked out and, um, you know, let my body grow. 
your story, that, that story specifically, is not that unique of a story at Montana, but would be unique so many other places, too. Why do you think guys from Montana are able to do that? I mean, I had a buddy that played for the Grizzlies, went through exactly what you're talking about. Came in as a receiver, then all of a sudden he's playing corner, safety. And then finally he's like, okay, I'm going to play some DN. It seems like it happens at Montana more often than other places. Yeah, you know, our uh, by 96, our two starting ends, you know, one was a uh, linebacker and one, one was a running back with Corey Falls when he came in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think at U of M, people are, are willing to do what you need to do uh, to help the team get better. And, you know, whether that's a position you, you want to play or, or one that the team needs you to play, we've there's been a long tradition here of folks doing what needs to happen. Um, you know, you can look at Cook right now, moving from quarter, cornerback, uh, quarterback to right. offensive tackle. Cook, I mean, yep, for the Grizz how right much now, different yeah. can that get? But I think it exemplifies what's always happened here, and I think that's why you see it here, is that there's a buy into the program, and you do what you have to do. So there you go, Randy Riley, Grizz Greats. Go to grizzgreats.com to check out all the great Grizz Greats episodes, or you can just subscribe. The Grizz Greats on all your various podcasting platforms. Nuana is now broadcasting live from Idaho Central Arena here in Boise, Idaho on 102.9 ESPN Missoula, statewide, SWX Montana Television. I'm Coulter Nuanas. Thanks so much for all of our great sponsors who sent us down here, including Brent Wahlberg and the Wahlberg team of Windermere Real Estate. Brent Wahlberg and the Wahlberg team, official realtors of Grizz Athletics. Wahlbergs have more than four decades of real estate experience in Western Montana. Brent and his team are proud supporters of Grizz Athletics, and they also reinvest a lot of time and money in the local community each and every year. They serve you all over Western Montana, residential, land, investment, and commercial, every real estate needs. Give Brent Wahlberg and the Wahlberg team a call today. Preview what we got in tomorrow's show. Take a look at these women's basketball tournament semifinals. Right after this on Nuanas Now. The world may have slowed down, but it didn't stop. If you're back on the road and traveling to Missoula, we invite you to give Missoula's Wingate a try. We love our regular corporate guests and offer fantastic service, great year-round rates, and clean and comfortable rooms that will keep you coming back. While you're here, you can rack up the Wyndham Rewards points for free nights or airline miles. And starting in July, you can release some steam in our newly expanded fitness room. The team at Missoula's Wingate would love to make you feel at home. Back in to Nuanas now. I'm Coulter Nuanas. Happy to be broadcasting to you from Boise, Idaho, Idaho Central Arena. We are here for the Big Sky Conference men's and women's basketball tournaments. Thanks so much for listening in on 1029 ESPN Missoula, as well as statewide SWX Montana Television. Miss anything in the show? You can find it all in the podcast. We broke down the men's tournament, gave you a preview of the upcoming quarterfinals with Brooks Nuanas, also from Trisha Binford and a couple of her players. The Bobcat women, they play in the Big Set Conference semifinals tonight at 9 p.m. We'll have updates for you tomorrow on our sports centers as well as here on Nuanas. Now, heard from Lindsey Woolley for our Garden City Spotlight. He's the head of women's basketball coach for the Montana Western women's basketball team. They play in the NAIA National Tournament later on this week. 
at our ESPN Roundtable with Sam McCullum, a former Montana State and Seattle Seahawks wide receiver. And we also shared an excerpt from Grizz Greats, the silver anniversary of the 95 national champions with former defensive end Randy Riley. The first day of the men's tournament in the books. Montana moves on. They will play Weber State tomorrow. So here's a look at your quarterfinal matchups in the men's tournament for tomorrow. The Southern Utah will take on Portland State in the first quarterfinal at 11 a.m. Excuse me. They'll take on Northern Colorado in the first uh, semifinal, quarterfinal at 11 a.m. Montana State and Idaho State, they get going at 2 p.m. Eastern Washington, the second seed, will take on number 10 seed Northern Arizona at 5 p.m. And then Weber State versus Montana at 8 p.m. The first of two Big Sky Conference semi. Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications. Connect to more. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or of course you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus. 